Welcome back, everyone. You are listening to the CJJC Show. Brace the controversy. Stay for the biased takes. Happy Halloween and happy trails to week eight as the guys are getting ready to recap their lockums and a successful do list as they are now going through the weekly drive through. Then they finish up by touching up on some NBA. So sit back and enjoy the show. Doing pretty solid. Yeah, man. Thank you. Happy Halloween to you too, man. Uh, Nothing too spooky, hopefully, going on for you. Nothing over here for me. Uh, Cincinnati fans, though. Cleveland's giving them the spooky spooky hours right now. 0-0, but uh, Burrow threw an interception on the first drive, reminding fans that he's 0-3 against the Browns. So, it's going to be an interesting one so far. Yeah, you're right. That is is something there, all. Take a look at that one once I get back home here. Uh, I do like that they made uh, it's a gross, kind of spooky, spooky game, like you said. Uh, both the teams have orange uh, bio teams, so that's kind of kind of cool. Um, yeah, dude, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I obviously think the Bengals are a better team, but you are right, they do have trouble with the Browns. So, I mean, I picked the Bengals, but I wouldn't be shocked if Cleveland won. I know you and Christian both like the Browns, so. Yeah, I mean, I just like the run game and defense, really. And, you know, when you run the ball, you keep the ball away from Burrow. And that's exactly what they're doing right now, of course, because that's, you know, Cleveland's motto is pretty much run the ball until Deshaun probably gets back. So it's uh, it's working out so far, you know. Oh, no, fourth and seven. So they're about to either – let's see what they're about to do here. Out of turn away for a minute. I think they're probably gonna, knowing them though it's probably a punt. Yeah, it's a punt. So another punt fest maybe on prime time. But uh, yeah, so we want to get let's get on over to these games. We didn't really finish the Ravens Bucks game. We'll go and touch on that when we were closing out. Christian was not in a great mood because the Ravens game was really close. I'm pretty sure at that time, and they were barely pulling it off. Yeah, and man, it, he wasn't happy. They picked it up a lot after. <laughs> yeah, literally, right when we probably stopped recording, that's when the Ravens started the rally. So, uh, yeah, Ravens putting the Bucks in a bad spot. And uh, might as well go ahead. We're going to use that as our transition spot because our next game right here to talk about can be Panthers at Falcons. Um, probably the craziest and wildest game that we had in the 1 o'clock spot. Um, Falcons, yeah. now the NFC South champion because of how the Bucks played. <laughs> and the Panthers, thanks to DJ Moore. Uh, Colby, what's your thoughts on just that Panthers game and I guess the NFC South as a whole? I mean, the NFC South is gross, but it's at least like funly gross because we'll, talk, we'll get to the States in a bit, but they also won. So everyone's alive. Uh, Carolina is definitely last. Um, but they had that game won until they didn't. Um, I thought it was kind of like that was so entertaining. Like those, that fourth quarter in overtime. Were, uh, were amazing, you know, I had up on up on the red zone, uh, well, I actually didn't have the red zone up for a while, because the Steelers were on cable here, but then, once that just got out of hand, I had this one as one of my red zones, and it, it was it was electric, that finish was crazy, 
Um, I knew as soon as they got to penalty, I had a feeling when they moved it back. Uh, when I saw how far back they moved it, I was like, this, he's going to miss this extra point. Oh, yeah, uh, I knew we were going to overtime. That, that was just bonkers. But honestly, no disrespect to the Panthers. I am kind of glad the Falcons won, just because I do feel like they are the better team. And, like, that was crazy. Like, they also had the game one, and then they gave up the crazy play to DJ Moore. That, that was a wild game, man. I got to give the Panthers props. They're playing a lot harder for Steve Wilkes than they did for a rule. Uh, and P.J. Walker has won the job, at least for now. Uh, but, man, yeah, that was a crazy game. And then in overtime, like like you said, we were texting. They, then it they got, looked like they might get close to a tie in overtime. It took them a while before Atlanta got the field goal. So, now that game was nuts, man. The NFC South. I, I hope it stays like this the whole the whole way. And it's, it's a tight uh, gross, but fun race. Yeah, the NFC South, very interesting. Um, Falcons, you know, hyped that they got the number one pick. I'm very, I'm very glad in the Panthers' performance. They, it was very fun to watch. Like, like we were saying. Um, yeah, and as for the Bucks, you know, we got the official Brady statement come out this week. We don't really like to talk about personal matters here on the show, so. Uh, Brady and the Bucks are pretty much going through a tough time, though, if you think about it. It's uh, and I don't know. It's kind of tough to say. I think they. I kind of want to say that the Bucks will pull this off still, though. You know, but it will definitely make things interesting for them with the Falcons acting the way they do. Especially if you put in the fact that Falcons were possibly. I know this was a possible penalty. Some say, some might not. But because of that one penalty on roughing the passer on Tom Brady, you know. That they could be two games up right now on the Bucks instead of one. So it's crazy to think about right now uh, how the whole NFC South is boiling down. But before I guess we go back into more one o'clock slot, let's go ahead and talk about that that corn that cornball himself up in Denver and the Broncos country. How they went up to Jacksonville and London, and uh, I guess one another Jacksonville's team spots though. Many people say um, he won that game. You know, those four-hour stretches were worth it. Uh, Colby, <laughs> thoughts? Yeah, I mean, hey, like, that was the best. You know, it wasn't a – Russ was still not great, but that's all, that's the best game he's played for the Broncos, I would say, that or the Raiders game that they lost. Um, they, they won. Um, it was still not pretty, but, you know, Hackett survives another week. They're three and five, and they're alive still. That, that was a, you know – one of those, if you win, you're still in the mix, uh, barely. Um, so, you know, Denver could still turn around. I don't think they will. It wasn't like it didn't. It wasn't like they figured everything out. Jacksonville had a chance to win late. Trevor Lawrence threw a bad pick. Um, I'll say one of our worst takes, and probably it was more me than you, but but you were on it as well a little bit. The Jacksonville could win the AFC South take that we had after the first few weeks. That that was probably some overreacting. They. They are still bad, as it turns out. Yeah, they are turning sour right now. It is That take has not looked too good. Um, and the Titans are doing their normal thing. It looks like they're going to be doing throughout the season and just pretty much take control of the division through pretty consistent play. Um, yeah, I don't really have much to say about the Jags, you know. It's, it's kind of disappointing how they lost to the Broncos. Kind of would have thought that we would be coming on here with the news that Hackett may be getting the, you know, getting the can. But, um, you know, this performance from Russ may have bought him a couple more weeks. Not only that, because, you know, the bottom of the, the seventh seed of the wild card, it's probably anyone's take, I'm guessing, right now. Yeah. Because, if especially if the Browns somehow 
pull this off. It will be anyone's to take again because of the, the Bengals. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's crazy right hey, now. I, I, I like, I, like you were saying, this is probably the first game that that I saw that I was like, well, it looks like we're getting vintage Russ. And I was like, but I can't really still buy into it, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, I still can't buy into Denver, but it's nice they got a win. Jacksonville, the last thing I want to say about them is, uh, and we, we obviously talked a lot about the second-year quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence, man, it was looking good at the beginning, but he was bad. This, this game, that was on Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Like, that, it, it, like a lot of, that's the thing that concerns me um, the most. And obviously, he's still got time to turn it around. I don't think they're going to give up on him after two years, but... Um, like these Jacksonville, like they lost all these close games. They're in these games. A lot of it's not like the organization is completely like it's not like last year where he's like being cut down by a terrible coach and his roster's horrible around him. Obviously, they're still not great, but there's pieces like he's just missing throws. He's throwing bad interceptions and he misses like he still makes good plays, but he, he was not good in this game. And I know Denver has a good defense, but still, he, he just throws way too many interceptions. He misses. He's not as accurate. He still has some accuracy concerns. He misses way too often. So that that is what would concern me most about the Jags is that I don't feel like it's not like Trevor Lawrence is just out there with no chance. Like he, he, it's not like a great team around him, but there there's stuff there. ETN is really good. That, I mean, he's looks like, he's a great back. Um, so like yeah, a lot of these losses, this one especially, that was on Trevor Lawrence. So. That, that would concern me a little bit, us Jags fan. Yeah, I would be a little concerned. Um, both of us, I guess, should be concerned because of our picks for our second-year QBs that we have just talked about. Um, yeah, transitioning on to the other second-year QB <laughs> performance that wasn't so great, uh, Patriots came into New York and pretty much set the record straight after their performance against the Bears and said, hey, like Colby said, the Jets, we still own you. So, uh, Colby, what do you want to break down for that second-year QB who didn't do too hot? I mean, I can't really defend too much of him because he probably had worse play than Trevor Lawrence, I would say, because his interceptions were bad. One of them was he couldn't even get the ball out of bounds. I think both of them were actually because he didn't throw the ball out of bounds. So, yeah. And they were both like sideline interceptions. So... It's uh, it was not pretty. So, what do you think, Cole? You had the Patriots going into this one. Well, yeah, that that was one of my locks, and I said I would be would have been happy to be wrong about it, but I just I knew the Patriots would win. The Jets were up early, and the Jets were in that game. Like the Jets' defense is a real deal. They they have not had the Patriots' offense is great, but um, yeah, man, Zach Wilson, one of the most accurate. I think one of the best tweets I saw is uh. So it was like, from the neck down, Zach Wilson is a great quarterback. And it is. He has everything you need. But he just uh, he makes way too many mistakes. His are worse than Lawrence. He's got a little bit of the, the – honestly, he has the Carson Wentz syndrome where he just thinks he can make every play, and he just tries ridiculous things. He's got to learn to stop doing that. Yeah, he was awful. He was actually pretty good at the beginning in the first half. But down the stretch, he was awful. Three picks. Um, he's been dreadful against Belichick. I still think the Jets overall, like, that was a setback, but they got to be happy with where they are. Um, the Patriots, obviously, that's a big win for them because they would have really been in trouble if they lost that game. Uh, but they're back to 500. 
But Mac Jones, on the, as for the other second-year QB, he didn't look very good either. It's not like he was amazing by any stretch. Um, so, like, I don't necessarily think he's even better than Zach Wilson. But um, the Patriots, you know, it's kind of just the Belichick, the defense. But, yeah, again, like, you're right. That, that is on Zach Wilson, man. He, he just made too many dumb, bad throws. Other than that, like, this is, this is the first time I feel like in, like, probably, what, 10 years since the Rex Ryan days when, like, if you look, just to take out the quarterback's, like, quarterback side, the Jets have as good, if not a better roster than the Patriots. Probably a better roster, um, which is probably the first time you can say that in, in a decade, maybe, like, several decades. <laughs> I don't know. That's a that's a good that's a tough argument. Um, I mean, probably raw. Yeah, probably on paper they probably do. Then again, a lot of Patriots players though they get a lot of Patriots players get eat up and like names just get fed into the system. You know, at the yeah, right. so especially on the defensive Patriots, side and running back. Patriots have a much better offensive line. I'll give them that. So, it, it plus, like you said, it, it was just not a solid performance for uh, poor Zach Wilson. He was just dumb throws left and right. He was making bad decisions. And hopefully, the, the, like, I think that's the thing about him and Trevor Lawrence that we don't really know about Mac Jones yet is that I think we both consider Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence can at least grow. They still have that room to grow from it. And Mac Jones, we feel like, you know, it's still, you know, a ceiling on top of him, you know? Yeah, no, you're you're right about that. I was gonna say that that's what would get rest. Uh, he was better last year than he's been this year. Um, but he just was. He he was by far the best out of all the rookies last year, and he's been bad this year. Yeah. So it, it, it's just a, it's been a rocky road, but a win's a win for the Patriots, and they are taking care of business up in New York. So there you go, up there for them. Um, going, let's go ahead and go back up this slate here. Whew, we got, oh, here's a fun one. Raiders at Saints. Let's go ahead and finish up the NFC South. Um, you and Christian were very, very poignant, very stagnant on the fact that you guys think, uh, Mac Daniels in that offense was so amazing. <laughs> they put up a goose egg and had only one drive on the opponent's side of the field. So, uh, Colby. <laughs> I just got to yeah, say, know, what happened? I mean, yeah. Um, that, that might be the worst lock I've ever had. That, that I put that foolishly. I was still, I got my other two locks. This one was just so well. I mean, I can't even explain that. I thought the Raiders were a better team. And the fact that they did not score a single point is baffling. All, all that talent, as you said. I mean, yeah, I, I just can't even explain that one. I, just, wrong. I don't know what is wrong with their offense. It, it was terrible. Um, they're facing Andy Dalton. I mean, he was fine. He, he's a bit better than Jameis was this year. Like, you beat him out. Props to Andy Dalton. Um, and the Saints are in the mix. But, uh, man, yeah, I don't know. Derek Carr is not having a good season. He was terrible. Their own line is a mess. But, you, uh, I gotta give you props. You are you're completely right on Josh McDaniels. I thought he would be, he was my favorite hire, but I thought it was solid. He'd be okay. You're right. I, I was wrong. Uh, I'll I'll admit that. I'll give you that take. Yeah, you're very right on Josh McDaniels. He, he's a disaster so far as the head coach. Um, 
Should have just should have stuck with Bisaccia, to be honest. That's what I think too, man. Bisaccia would have he put a he ignited something in that locker room that season. So and touchdown, Nick Chubb. Let's go fantasy points. Um, but yeah, it's it's very interesting because I very I thought I think the very same thing is what would have happened if they actually just ran with Bisaccia because he did have a good run with them. Uh, but at the same time. They made their decision, you know, and they chose to choose McDaniels, and I told them they would rue the day they made that decision. And you know, I don't know how long, I don't know how much longer that's going to last over there. Having a goose egg performance doesn't really, uh, doesn't really help the cards. So it's going to be interesting how things boil down. As for the Saints, you know, they're like you said earlier, they're right back in the hunt though in the NFC South. Um, that defense, I told you, is going to be annoyingly good. So. Yeah. Uh, that's what's going to be keeping them in these games, even though, despite all the Andy Dalton mistakes that will happen, even though it looks like, so it's going to be an interesting road though. Cause I do know the QB play of Fort New Orleans is what's going to hold them back truly. Cause all these Amar, Amari Cooper, I mean, not Amari, um, Alvin Kamara has finally got, got things going this game. So it's all, all things coming around New Orleans for that one. Um, going on up, let's go ahead and talk about the battle in Pennsylvania. A slugfest, a freaking beatdown. Um, we all thought this was supposed to be an absolute spanking, and it was. Colby, what's popping over there, Steelers? How you feeling? You um, you ready for yeah, the no, you ready for the QB talk? I definitely had to talk about this one. That was uh, and that was brutal. I like I said, the Dolphins game last week hurt by far. Like the most of all the Steelers' losses because they were right there. After that Sunday night game, I literally went to bed and I was like, I just can't stop thinking about this interception that Kenny Pickett threw. Uh, like, I was literally like in pain still that one last week. This one was not like that because it was just very abundantly clear, basically from the jump. They were in it in the first half for a little while, but it was pretty clear from start to finish. It was like, yeah, this team is Steelers are nowhere close. Um, so this one didn't really didn't really sting at all. I was like, yeah, they, they suck. And I kind of stopped thinking about it pretty much before it was even over, actually, because I didn't even watch the whole thing because it got so bad. Um, the offense is just so terrible. The Steelers scored 23 points in that wacky game the first week against the Bengals and have not scored more than – they have not gotten back to 23 points since. They have not scored more than 20 points the rest of their games. It's terrible. They have probably the worst offense in the league. Um, Kenny Pickett, I still think he can be good, but, man, he's not been great. He's been bad, actually. He only threw one pick this game, and it was kind of late. This one, I don't put it all on Pickett, but miss some throws. Um, I still think he can be be fine, but the biggest concern I have with Pickett is he's, he's very good. Like, not very good, but he's solid. Like, in between the 20, in the red zone, he is awful. He has been terrible in the red zone all season. He just cannot, I guess, the windows are tighter, smaller field, what have you. He has not been good at all in the red zone, which is very concerning. The play calling is still terrible. They had one nice touchdown play call where Claypool threw it on a little trick play. That was beautiful. Other than that, Canada has to go. Uh, It's just... It's maddening. It's just like it's the same thing every every week on offense. And this week they were playing an exclusive offense on the other side that their defense couldn't keep them in the game because the Eagles 
are just a juggernaut. So I'm not feeling too good. Yeah, obviously the season is lost. They're going into a bye. Hopefully we'll fire the offensive coordinator and we'll go from there. But yeah, man, it's a disgrace. Offensively, it's just it's just hard to watch. So uh, CJ Stroud, yeah, you ready? You ready for the other QB talk now? No, no, no. I, I'm picking. I'm not going to pick up. Give up on picking after one year, just because I feel like his offensive coordinator is terrible and the line is still not great. Did you see what Pickett uh, said after the game? Also, he said, "Please draft Caleb Williams and get me out of here." No. Oh. That's all you can ask for at this point in time, like you said. That's all you can really ask for. Um, it's going to be interesting how the Steelers go. Colby, the Eagles, their streak continues, though. Um, it looks like a lot of people are saying, let's hold off the 10-0 and 0 talk. But, I mean, each week, we got to keep an eye out on them. So, I know we'll talk about it again here in the next couple of days. But it doesn't hurt to see real fast who they got in the upcoming weeks. It's the Texans. So this is the true, true and oh, through. That's the Thursday game. Yes, this is the true and through trap game. That can be. So we'll find out when we actually record on Thursday if this is uh, actually going to be true of its trap worthiness. And we'll talk about the Texans in their handoff competition later. Um, I, I got to say, can I say one more thing? One thing about the Eagles. Yeah. Um, so obviously, whatever we do, I feel like obviously whenever we talk about. Steelers game, I just go on for so long, and so we don't talk so much about the other team. They, they, they're probably, I don't think they're going to get trapped game by the Texans, simply because, like, they don't have a weakness on their roster. That, that is the most complete roster in the league. They do not have a weakness. They have an elite line, great weapons. Jalen Hurts has, the, the question mark going into this year, basically, was Jalen Hurts, and he's answering all those questions. He was terrific that game. Um, they, they literally don't have a weakness, um, so... I I don't know when they're going to lose. They they might not. I don't see them losing more than three games max. They will lose, barring like a Jalen Hurts injury. I don't see I don't see them losing more than three games. It might be less than that. They only need two or one game. They lose. They could. I don't know if they'll do seventeen and zero. Probably not. But <laughs> but man, they they are head and shoulders above the the rest of the NFC right now. The only team you can make an argument for is Dallas. Interesting. That is a very interesting argument. Um, Dallas is the next team we'll be talking about here in a second. So before I go ahead and talk about them, um, I do want to mention the Eagles that, yeah, they are they are heads down. They're really well buttoned up. 
Um, oh, and Joe Burrow just fumbled. Oh, Uh-oh. my goodness. Recovered by the Bengals. Recovered by the Bengals. Oh, wait. Brown players are picking it up. Brown <laughs> players scooped it. Wow, they snagged it. All right, well, uh, this is just getting more and more crazy. Christian right now, he's playing an undefeated team in fantasy football, and they have Joe Burrow, but he has a 20-point lead. And Joe Burrow's stinking the bed. So he is getting, and this team is undefeated, may I add, that Christian's playing. So he's going, he's getting hype right now in the group chat. So I don't blame him. Uh, Anyways, let's go end the streak. And uh, next game, as well, like I said, I do believe the Texans have the potential for a trap game because of everything you just said, though. Um, Everything you just said. Yeah, the team is just better than them in all aspects. Yada, yada, yada. This bang, this Texans game is going to be the game where we come back out there and we're like, the Davis Mill bandwagon is right here, and it's always been here. Yes, it's a little beat up. It's a little beat up, and it looked a little abandoned these last couple of weeks, but uh, oh my goodness, and Nick Chubb just hurtled a man. Colby, this game's the Browns are starting to take momentum. Let me just say that. So wow. your AFC North is just getting more and more disgusting as well. Uh, so you... <laughs> Wow, this is just, yeah, getting very interesting. <clears throat> so let's go ahead and talk about the Bears and the Dallas game. Because uh, that game was pretty much t- all said and done after four drives of Dallas. They scored all touchdowns on all four drives. And then all things get let. Then things start coming apart from the Bears. And Justin Fields actually starts letting loose. So today we get the news that Roquan Smith is traded from the Bears defense. And they did lose... Uh, Robert Quinn, I think it is, to the Eagles as well this following week. So the defense has taken a step back, which is what explains probably those 28 points right off the rip. But this offense woke up. So, Colby, what are you feeling about the Bears? And then the Cowboys, I guess. We'll get to them in a second. I already, I already hyped up the Cowboys enough, but now they're starting to get to the point where uh, we're about to play them here in a couple of weeks. So they're going to be... It's going to be a little quiet for me. Just a shout out. This November is going to be a very interesting November. Yeah, good one. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the Bears, you want to talk about the Ro- the Roquan trade, I guess, first. I, I know Gabe was upset. And I mean, Roquan's obviously a great player, but I like, I mean, I personally think it makes a lot of sense with the Bears. So they already couldn't agree to a contract with him. So, so like, it's unlikely they were, he was going to resign with him anyway. They would have had to tag him. Um, it's, it shows that their management is honest about where they are. Get an extra second-round pick. They have a hundred million cap space in the off-season. Um, so I thought it made sense for the Bears, and it's a good trade for the Ravens too. It makes their defense better. Um, but I, I like the move for the Bears. Uh, again, is it going to make them better this year? No, but I think in the long term, that's a smart move. Um, just with where they are. Um, and I will say, I'll give you a hot take here before we talk about Dallas. We mentioned all these quarterbacks, second-year guys. And the, the, these last couple weeks, man, after seeing the last few weeks, and it's crazy to say this, it's, again, recency bias a little bit, but I do kind of think I I liked Fields a lot coming out. I think he might be the best. He might, when it's all said and done, be the best of the bunch of the second-year guys. They all look pretty bad right now. He's the only one that's really... Uh, trending up, and he's also has the most special. His ability to run is like the other guys. Yes, 
Wilson and Lawrence are mobile, and Lance is mobile, but none of them can move like Fields. He actually has special running ability, and now the Bears, seems like their offensive coordinators figured out how to use it. They're scoring points despite having a terrible line and bad weapons, really. So, like, their running backs are solid, but, um, like, what, so once you, you use some of these picks and cap room to actually get him some alignment and weapons, I think the sky's the limit for Justin Fields. The Bears, I have completely... After this season, I've completely, I've completely turned a corner on the Bears. You know, I was banging on them all off season, and I still think they did a terrible job supporting him with their moves. But I was, I was wrong on Eberflus. He looks to be a very good coach. Their OC looks good, so I'd be very optimistic about the future if I was a Bears fan. Not the rest of this year, but the future. Yeah, brighter days are coming for uh, Chicago, or at least Arlington Heights. They're where they're going to. Um, <laughs> I would say this, that uh, I was thinking about this the other day, because the, uh, during the Packers getting their butts handed to them by the Bills, I was thinking, man, if this Packers era is coming to an end, and it's and it's hoping the way I do think it is, and at the rate the Vikings are playing, we're probably going to re-sign Kirk for another two years, knowing my luck, and it's going to be Kirk versus Fields and whatever the Lions can produce. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, you know what, this is going to be a pretty slugfest era where I can definitely see a chance where it's going to be just Vikings bears at the top of the division, just talking all that talk. And I wouldn't be surprised if I see the bears in the playoffs in the next couple of years, if Rogers were to step down, you know, because he does own Chicago. You can't, you can't ignore that flat, that fact when we talk playoffs for the bears. So, but it is good to, it's good vibes over there. I mean, it's not playoffs this year, but I'm talking about in the future, of course. So good vibes right now for a rebuilding process for sure. And as for Dallas, um, Dak, he's getting back into form. You have that good defense. Um, it's come together, you know. It's starting to come together, and the defense is your highlight of the team, I feel like, instead of all the pressure on Dak to perform. It's on the defense, you know. Everyone's like, wow, you know, Michael Parsons and, you know, all these, and, you know, Trayvon Diggs and Van Der Esch can, you know, list three others in the power game of the run game, you know. That's who they're highlighting this season, not not Dak, you know. And you haven't really heard much about his receivers, so it's gonna be. I, I it's gonna be. It's a new Dallas approach, and it's actually pretty interesting to watch. I'm an old school defense loving guy, so I could see it, you know. I could see it working out for them to make it to the playoffs. Uh, they do get another matchup against the Eagles later on in the season. Uh, Colby, do you think after this Dallas performance, this is enough to convince you that, like you said, they are the best ones in the NFC to contend against the Eagles? Yeah, I'm, like I said, I mean, I feel like I'm doing a lot of admitting I was wrong this episode, but, um, and we were both wrong. Yeah, I know you were, we, yeah, Colby. we were both right there. Uh, the Cowboys would be bad, but we, we've corrected that. The Cowboys are very good. Um, they are so much better than I thought they would be. Obviously, I, they're a far better roster than the Bears, so at this point, uh, it's not a surprising result, but definitely was very encouraging for them to see Dak play a lot better and, and put up the amount of points that they did, especially because he looked didn't look great in his first game back, even though they beat Detroit last week. So that was a nice performance from Dak. Yeah, I, I think Dallas right now is probably, and I know your Vikings, we'll see what happens when they play, but Dallas to me is probably the second, looks like the second best team in the NFC right now um, after Philly. And really the only team that I feel like right now that can match up with Philly pretty well. Um, so, yeah, Dallas is in a great spot. But then again, do I trust them? Will I, do I trust them to figure, to 
not fall apart come playoffs, no. But they're they're an excellent team. Right now, they're they should be one of the front runners in the NFC. They they are looking really good right now. Yeah, they do look really good. Um, I just always think of what time of day that NFC Championship game will be at. Hopefully, it's just not in a prime time spot. Maybe it's at noon ish. Maybe two o'clock, the latest. They give Kirk Cousins a fighting chance, but uh, outside that, yeah, it's gonna. It's looking like Dallas. It's the NFC East to run with. And Colby, I'd like to remind you, we do have just me the mid season mark. So uh, the mid-season adjustments are coming soon. It's almost that time for us to make our rights and wrongs one last time. <laughs> so, it, 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 and like you said, and this it, it does seem like this is a bit of an apologet, apologetic theme because we're getting to that point where we're about to have those retakes lined up and ready to go. But we also have, before we take those retakes, we have to admit when we're wrong. So it's a good thing we're saying it now. And a team that we have to probably admit that we were wrong on, well, not me or you, actually, probably not neither of these teams. Maybe the Cards, maybe the Cardinals, maybe we have to admit they were a little little something fluky going on there. But they competed really well at Minnesota. Uh, that game had me on the edge of my seat through and through. Um, it was very fun to watch, though. D-Hop was doing his thing, like we said, Rondale Moore showed up. Uh, Justin Jefferson, I mean, I wish Kirk Cousins would throw in the ball a little bit more. <laughs> But um, he went off and he did his thing. He got his touchdown. So, yeah, it's, you know, that's how, that's the Vikings. They're getting it done. They're winning games by one score leads again. But uh, a win's a win. Still not a confident victory. But 6-1, not mad. Uh, Colby, what are your thoughts on the Cardinals and Vikings? Uh, yeah, so that was a good game. It was definitely entertaining. A lot of points, as you said. Um, that was one of my other locks that I hit on. So, Trusting your Vikings there. Um, yeah, it didn't really change my opinion too much on either team. I thought it was a good game. It was kind of the, the type of game I thought would be some points, but Minnesota's better. Uh, they're more complete team, and I just, just less noise. They trust. Um, I like their coach more. Um, I was a big O'Connell guy from jump when they hired him. Um, Kirk. Is predictably very solid and very good at one o'clock. Um, didn't make any big mistakes. The Vikings, y'all's offense is really good, man. And I tell you what, the other thing, um, and you're obviously probably well aware of this, but obviously linemen don't get that much love. The Christian Darisol pick from a couple years ago, he is a stud. Oh, he's a beast. That was a whole lot of a draft pick. He is a beast at left tackle. Oh, yeah, no, a couple of those offensive line picks are actually starting to progress really well in O'Connell's system, too, right now. So, because uh, a lot the O-line's pretty young, so, uh, well, at least not young, but they have a couple years underneath their belts, and they have been together for most of it. So, it's, uh, it's actually something that I'm hoping will pro produce really well, but, of course, you know, come playoff season, we'll see what happens. This is one of those games where it does give me a little bit of jitters, like, ooh, here we go, but like I mentioned... Here we go because November is brutal for the Vikings. You are right. Like you could get some Kyler Murray magic, but you held them off. You know the Vikings have done an excellent job finishing those close games this year that they were losing last year. So that's that's a big help. Yeah, especially when, like you said, Kyler Magic was coming into play there. Um, but like I was trying to say. The Vikings stretch that they got this November is very brutal. It goes from Commanders, the Bills, 
and then the Cowboys, and then the Patriots. Oh. Yeah. And then the Jets, and then the Lions. I knew these off the bat because I had to memorize them. I've been thinking about them these last <laughs> couple of days because I knew this game stretch is going to be very important. I just hope that we kick it off right um, and at Washington. So Kirk Cousins played there before. It's at 1 o'clock. Good vibes going into that one. Last game of the 1 o'clock slot, Lions hosted Miami, and they got dismantled in the second half. Um, the streak comes to an end, and I think – for like, I think you're pretty much already written them off, but I think the Goff era is about to come to an end as well. Colby, um, Miami gets the job done. You were the only one that did pick Miami and avoided. And you, I uh, said, fuck a curse. You know that doesn't that doesn't exist around Colby's picks. And uh, yeah. yeah, you got it right. So Miami, man, what are your thoughts? Yeah, well, you almost faded my Lions pick because I can't pick a Lions game to save my life. And when they were up, I thought maybe. But uh, now <laughs> I was going to get another one wrong. But it, I, my biggest thoughts on this one, I'm just sad for the Lions, man. That's why I have enough upset. That's what made me. I pull for the Lions as long as they're not playing Steelers just because I feel bad because um, they're always so bad. And, man, it's just like the clockwork the last two years, this year especially. They're up and half, up 10, and it's, like, very predictable. You're like, they're, they're not going to win this game. Of course not. They, they fell apart at the end. They can't, just like they have in almost all these games. Um, so, yeah, golf, even though he was great the first half, fell apart after halftime. Um, it's sad to say, I know both love Dan Campbell, but it ain't looking too good for Dan. I don't know if he makes it out of this year. I don't know if he makes it, gets another year as head coach. Not unless something changed real fast, which is sad to say because there's so much optimism going into the year. Um, for Miami, yeah, you know, Detroit has a horrible defense. Um, Miami is a good team. I think they'll be in the playoffs. I don't think they're a great team. They still have some question marks on. Uh, it can make some questionable throws, although he's very good in this game. Um, but, yeah, now Miami, I think they're good. I don't think they're good enough to go into Arrowhead or Buffalo and win a playoff game. But I think they're very solid in winning a playoff game, like a wild card game maybe. Um, and, yeah, Detroit, I think they are going to be in position to draft a quarterback. But you know what? That's a, that's a better situation for uh, whichever top quarterback goes to the Lions than that most top picks will be because they do have a, they do still have all those pieces on offense. Yeah, um, they'll be in a, they'll be in a better spot than usual in Detroit for sure. Um, they just got to get past whatever curse is still lifting over them. As for Miami, Tyreek Hill, he's on pace for that two thousand yard receiving yards. So it's pretty interesting to watch how things work with Tua. You know, this team very very much runs through him. And because we've seen what happens when he's not there, they go zero and three. So yeah, uh, it's yeah, it's gonna be very interesting to see how the Miami Dolphins they'll gel all together. Um, I don't know if they're a legit team because of that fact, but hey, Tua's playing now, and that's all that matters, right? Oh, and Jacoby might have gotten hurt right before the half. Oh no, the third string. <laughs> um, dang. Last thing I want to say on Tua, I was thinking about this though on Sunday with two up. And yes, like, obviously he's not as good as Burrow or Herbert, although Herbert's not having a great year. 
but obviously he's still better player than two, I think. Uh, and because he was in the same draft as them, I'm going to pick before Herbert. That's who he gets compared to. But if you look back at that 2020 draft, and Hurts was in the second round. So you'd still say he's probably the third, fourth best quarterback out of those four. But you look at the last two drafts since the last two years, not a, there has not been a quarterback drafted the last two drafts that's better than Tua. I Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Fields, all those guys have maybe better physical traits and more special tools, and I honestly like them all better than two as prospects, but not, they haven't been close to him yet. Um, so that I think that is also something that's looking good for people are saying all the pressure on two, are they going to move off him? He can't move off two. You look around at the quarterback play in this league, um, he's better than every – there hasn't been a quarterback draft in the last two years that's better than him yet. Um, so, yeah, you, you say, like, oh, well, just they're going to draft someone. One, they already lost one of their picks because of the tampering. And then, like, there's no guarantee. So, two, I think, I will say, he's safe. Like, they're not going to replace him. He'll, he'll be the guy there. I think he ends up getting a second contract. Yeah, he might be their guy for the time being. And especially if you think he's going to make it to the playoffs, you know? I feel like if they make the playoffs, that's pretty much – and they get a win. That's the biggest thing. you got to somehow get a win in these big AFC playoffs. If they could steal a win, that would be enough for me to at least sign Pua for another couple of years if I was Miami. All right, moving on to the 4 o'clock slot. Um, we're going to go ahead and knock out the handoff competition. That was the Titans versus the Texans. Um, not much really to say there. We were talking about it earlier. Titans are doing their consistent thing. Ran the offense through Derrick Henry. And the Tex Texans did their best to compete with that by doing the exact same thing with Damian Pierce. Um, it was Malik Willis versus uh, Davis Mills. We and Colby were hype at first about how this game could be. And it turned out to just be, like I said earlier, a complete handoff competition. So... Not much really to talk on there, for me at least, on this game. Colby, thoughts on this one? Or did we pretty much touch on it right there? <laughs> that was a good summary. Um, yeah, I have some thought. My, my first thought pains me to say this, but the uh, Davis Mills bandwagon is see better days, Jalen. I think our wheels, uh, we need to go to the shop. It's been on life support these last couple weeks. Um you got to score more than 10 points, man. If there was ever a game to sneak against the Titans, it was this one. Rookie Malik making his debut. Now, obviously, they can't stop Derrick Henry. That's not Davis Mills' fault. That's another problem. But, yeah, Davis Mills, like, he's fine, but he was not He was not good in this game. He's not really improving. Um, so that's a concern. Even though the Texans have been terrible, they're still a very bad roster. But it is concerning. Again, like I said, Mac Jones, he's not getting better. Um, so that's a, that's a big concern. For the Titans, um, I'm not surprised this was their game plan. I was hoping to maybe see a little bit more from Malik, although I will say um, I was going to make this – I was thinking about it. I was like, this could potentially be a horrible Sunday for Kenny Pickett if not only does he go out there and play bad and lose, but – if Malik Willis, who ever another guy that was basically saying they're going to draft one of these two guys, like if the guy that they picked him instead of would have gone out there and like lit it up, then I'm like, oh, oh no, stealing. They should have been Malik Willis. Uh, he did not look like that. He, he didn't do much. They didn't really let him. The Titans, I don't, I'm pretty sure Traylon Burks was also out. So they're already not great receiving for was kind of depleted. Um, 
I mean, I'd like to see more of Malik Willis just to see what he can do. Because, but at this point, when Tannehill comes, like he's probably not going to start much. Tannehill's definitely better at this point in their career. Malik, you know, he said coming out he was raw, and it looked like they didn't really trust him. And it makes sense. This is his first game, so yeah, this game was disappointing. Although, um, kind of to be expected, I guess, when you look at the two teams and how they like to play. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much what was, like we said, to be expected once we found out the backup was starting and just stick to the regular playbook of what you know. So, game that was pretty short and simple. It was very fast-paced because, like we said, just a lot of handoffs and a lot of lot of nothing. Um, but luckily, all the other games pretty much were pretty hype. I guess we'll go through the order of how they went down. Let's go with the 49ers and Rams. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, CMC. M49ers got his first win as one, and it's uh, looked pretty good. He got a triple crown performance, put up a receiving, a rushing, and passing touchdown. Um, Shanahan really, really getting the most out of his running backs now these days. Colby, uh, Shanahan does keep his uh, keep his cool against McVay once again. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, uh, my first main thought is just I don't know why I picked the Rams in this game. That was stupid. Me too, me too. Just because the Niners dominated. But yeah, um, definitely it was encouraging to see what McCaffrey can do in this offense. Um, The Niners feel like they should win their division uh, with how down the Rams are. Uh, Their roster is loaded. I I still just don't fully trust Jimmy G, man. But uh, I do think they're in a good spot. And McCaffrey looks great. We'll see if he can stay healthy. Um, he's definitely, their weapons are ridiculous. Having him and Debo in the same offense is just a problem. Um, so the Niners should be feeling good. Their, their defense is also great. Uh, their pass rush is, is nasty. Um, so that that's a huge plus. They're a good team, and I think they'll be, they'll probably be in the playoffs in the mix for the NFC. For the Rams, man, I don't know what to, I, I don't think they're even going to make the playoffs at this rate. They're they just offense is terrible. It's gone from being so, I mean, very good last year. Obviously, them winning the Super Bowl, take out a few pieces, and it's been a disaster. I, I still cannot believe how 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 little Allen Robinson has produced. That that is just so weird. I mean, they did. I think I, when I was watching this game, they tried to get it going, but yeah, it's just not not there. It's not clicking like Odell was. And this one's just, uh, like you said, it's interesting to watch how the Rams are just falling apart. Warms my heart to see how cocky (laughs) they were and just to see how they're just dismantling now. And it's just watching it all crumble before them. And the classic Matthew Stafford shades are starting to show true. Um, Poor Cooper Cup, man. He is this entire offense and he got, he tweaked his ankle at the end of the week, end of the game. Hopefully he'll be all right because I do have him on fantasy, but also... Just because of, like I said, he is that team's offense. But who knows? Maybe one week off is good for the team. Maybe that makes them uh, makes them have to try something else, you know, instead of relying on just one guy. So we'll see what happens with the Rams. For the 49ers, though, I think this game does help you perform uh, into that NFC West title hunt because I think the team above them is starting to get that hype to make it seem like they're legit. We'll talk about them last, though. Um <laughs> Yeah, the 49ers, though, I feel like this game helped them prove that they could be a playoff team, whether it's wild card or division winner. So, very interesting how the NFC West will shake down, especially 
Uh, might as well go ahead and talk about them, especially after, you know, Seattle did win this week's only winning record game. They played, they had the Giants come to town and they won. Um, if there was probably, I'm pretty sure if it was playoffs right now, the Giants would have to go back to Seattle to play them again. Um, that would be insane. But, <clears throat> yeah, that's, that's where we're at right now, though. Seattle, they're in the head of the NFC West after this game. And I think they're sitting at what five wins? Yeah, five and three. Yeah. So yeah. who would have thought, huh? <laughs> not me. Not me. Yeah. <laughs> Certainly not me. Well, yeah, I was gonna say we when we talk about um, all these teams we've been wrong on. This, at least for me, and um, you weren't as low on them as I was, but this was by far the most wrong I was. I I said they were gonna have the number one pick. Uh, they are not. They. I, and I, I keep expecting with Seattle that I keep thinking that, okay, at some point, the wheels are going to fall off this Geno Smith thing. And I think I just got to accept that, like, he's pretty good, and they're, they're just a good team. Um, I mean, they continue to get max um, production out of their, their draft class. As we said, they, they did an excellent job in the draft. Their rookies are all very solid. Um, but, yeah, man, Seattle, they're impressive. Um, for the Giants, it was I, this was going to happen eventually. They they couldn't pull off a comeback and win a close one. Um, their offense is still kind of limited. They just really don't have the weapons. Is the big thing that's going to hold us back, I think. Um, but yeah, it's just, Seattle is super impressive. I would have if you would have told me that Seattle would be five and three first in their division at the, almost the halfway point. I would have said you were. Yeah, it's starting to look like it's all coming together. Um, looking like geniuses of the Russell Wilson trade. And not only that, like you said, they got everybody buying into what's going on. And it's pretty hype to see what, what's going on in Seattle because the NFC West is wide open. Cardinals take the loss. Rams take a loss. Yet the 49ers win, and who wins? Oh wait, the Seattle Seahawks win against the five now five and two. I think I'm terrible with these uh with these uh division records right now off the top of my head. But the Giants, I mean, a little bit of a reality check, don't you think? Uh, yeah, this was definitely a reality check. This was a solid, good, tough team. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, Daniel Jones came out and did his Daniel Jones things because of Pete Carroll and how he runs his defense. Uh, Dable, he's going to have to make a decision come the end of this season still. Yeah, Daniel Jones is playing good. You're winning games with him, but is he really your guy going forward? That's what he's going to have to ask because you're going to go in the playoffs probably with this dude too. So just putting that into perspective. Yeah. No, yeah, you're right. This was a test. The Giants are an interesting team the rest of the way. Are they going to, uh, I wonder, are are they going to bounce back from this and keep their winning ways up, or are they going to uh, kind of revert back to same old Giants? I don't think they will just because Dayball, I think, is an excellent coach. But you are right. This was this was definitely a comeback down to earth, humbling moment for them. Yeah, it is going to be. Looks like a better team. Pretty much the whole time. It will be a very interesting spot of where the Giants will be in. Um, oh, it looks like they will be on a bye week too. So, taking a loss and going into the bye week, that's what the Giants just did. 
but you can mean it could be worse you know it means maybe you can use that to rally together like you said i believe in dable as well um we were both hype about that hire and i think you were bigger on him than i was but he has turned out to be a home run and we we like that so all right final game of the four o'clock slot um commanders at the colts sam ellinger man versus Taylor Heineke, this game was gritty. I mean, it that's one way. That's a nice way to put it. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Um, <laughs> these guys. I mean, hey, they were going back and forth, and then uh, I want to say that you know Sam Ellinger. It's gonna be fun to see that you play for our next few more games this next couple few weeks because what else are they? What else do the Colts got? You know, it's him or nothing. And then if it's nothing, then guess what? You gotta wait till the draft. So. Um, as for the Commanders, though, thank you for proving me wrong, Taylor Heineke. This was a game where I was happy that I was I was happy to be wrong about. Um, Colby, what is going on over there, buddy? Huh? What is going on? Sorry, I'm, I just got home. I'm moving stuff out of my car. <laughs> oh, okay. I just hear like a bunch of uh, ricketing going on there. Sorry, I'm almost done. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, no, man. This one that was a gross game. Uh, Ellinger, I still don't understand how Sam Ellinger was favored in his first start. Doesn't really make sense, especially against Heineke, who well, he's not great. Heineke has a lot more experience. Um, I mean, I don't think either of these teams are very good, but they're also not horrible. Uh, as far as their, you can see by their records. Yeah. The commanders are interesting, man. Uh, most years, you know, four and four, they'd be right there in the mix for the division title. But unfortunately, they play in the hardest division in football all of a sudden, and they're last. <laughs> yeah, I know. There are, hey, but you're in the NFC, all right? You are you are in the NFC. Um, things, you know, they're right in this mix. I'm pretty sure. Let me double check that. Um, but I'm pretty sure they're like literally on the edge of if they were if the playoffs were today. Yeah, they're the eight seed. They would be literally right out of the playoffs. They're tied with the 49ers at four and four. So like that is that is how crazy the divisions are right now. Um for the NFC East at least. And AFC East for that matter. For what we've learned. Because uh transitioning on over to the AFC East, one of the best teams in the league, the Bills hosted the Packers, and gosh darn, they demolished them. It was a sight to see for uh rival teams like myself. But uh, it was very hard to watch if you were a supporter of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so, Colby, how was that? <laughs> I mean, that's not like Aaron Rodgers worse for anything. I mean, honestly, they covered the spread. It could have been worse. They only lost by 10. Um, oh, so they're the Lions now. <laughs> they, uh, they are. Uh, the Packers are not a good team, but I did think... I don't know. In some ways, they were better this week than they've been because Buffalo's a great team and they were off a bye. I mean, yeah, Buffalo feels like they could have won by more. Uh, probably should have won by more, but didn't. So the Packers, yeah, they're in a tough spot, but I do think they may give me some faith that they may turn. I don't know if it'll be too late or not. I don't think they'll catch y'all's division, but um, they could certainly get back in the wild card mix, um, especially if they make a big move at the trade deadline, although they almost certainly won't because they're the Packers. Um, so yeah, uh, Buffalo is still great. They're still a top tier team, but didn't really, I don't really have too many strong thoughts on Buffalo in that one. 
and the Packers, even though they lost by 10, like, I don't know, I thought they looked marginally better than they have the last couple weeks, considering they were playing a much better team. So that's a positive spin for, for, the, for the Packers. Well, speaking of more positive spins, they do get to, get to go to Detroit, and then they have to host the Cowboys. So the Detroit can be your get-right game, and then you turn around, you can go ahead, play the Cowboys, spoil their night, and that can be that could be a turnaround session right there for the Packers. So it's not all said and done. I'm not writing you off until this Cowboys game coming up in a couple of weeks. All right. So the Roger McCarthy game too. Yeah, that has to be the big. That's that's gonna be a big game actually, low key, especially just for the stakes that will be for the Packers at that time because it'll be Week Ten, you know, at that time, and uh, it'll be crazy to think about. But they'll probably be looking to be five and five come Week Ten. Yeah, no, I, I don't know about probably, but I, the Cowboys are just also a better team, so I, I don't know. But so we're saying four and six for Aaron Rodgers come week ten. It's a crazy sentence, huh? That is, yeah. No, it's it's tough times, and I'm sure it makes you smile. It is, and like I said, it's, it almost <laughs> seems like we're almost in the transition of an end of an era. So you know, that's why I was already thinking about man, what could happen if uh, if it's just you know the Vikings and Bears like the good old times. And, you know, it was hard for me to remember the good old times because it was so long ago before this guy named Aaron Rodgers took over the division. So it's, uh, yeah, it's been a minute, but it's, you know, it's a good, it's a good thought process and we'll see how it all boils down in the end. So yeah, Colby, let's just recap here though. Uh, you did really good this week on your pick on there, on your locks and stuff. You did go two and one Raiders were your only biggest mistake there. You got your Patriots and your Vikings, right? Um, Christian also went two and one. His only mistake was the Giants. I got none of my locks right. Uh, that that felt bad. Um, Christian's whole do list hit. Just a big shout out there. So for anyone that did follow the do list, I did. I bet separate though. I should have parlayed it. Um, but they all cashed out. So D Hop, Derrick Henry, and Cooper Cup, bless his ankles. And last but not least, uh, Colby, I think you're the only one that got the upset right. You picked the Commanders. You stuck with it. Which shouldn't have even been an upset, really. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. There weren't really, uh, I guess there weren't really any big upsets, were there? I mean, my upset was the Lions. Christian had the Texans. And, yeah, that was about it. My statement game hit, though, was Seattle. I did say Seattle win that one. That would be a huge one, and they did. So, shout-out Seattle for being letting me be the only one to get that statement pick right because the other guy said Lions and Rams. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, it was not, not a good statement by the Rams. That was a bad thing for me. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Cole. We're going to go ahead and crack into the NBA. Um, nothing really too crazy. We've got no really segment lined up here for it. We're just going to cover it. Um, I just want to get the elephant out of the room, Colby. The main reason why I really asked you into this NBA topic here. Um, the Nuggets just said the unthinkable. They let the Lakers win a game. Yeah. <laughs> you know I had to start with that, Colby. Um, I saw it this morning and I was like, no. It could. It, it can't be. I was nervous that the Wolves will be the first team to let the Lakers win because they was coming down to the wire for us too. I'm not gonna lie. It came down to the wire for us, but we pulled through. And it has been shaky. San Antonio Spurs. Some reason 
are the third best team in the West, and they beat us the last couple of times. So uh, some weird things happening in the NBA still. So Colby, what's going on? <laughs> Excuse me, what's going on? I had a sneeze there. I tried to wrap it up. <laughs> Now, they have already beaten the Lakers once. They've already played them twice in yeah. like the first six games. But, you know, I mean, you can't make excuses other than it's the NBA regular season and it's early. So you never know what's going to happen. But definitely a concern. Uh, Jamal is still kind of rounding back into form. He's definitely still not quite back to where he was. Um, and LeBron at 80, we're both great. i got to give them props in that game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not pretty, but you keep apologize for that one. But overall, the Nuggets, there's, I think, four and three now. Uh, let me double check and pull up the standings. Yep, yeah, you're four, four and three. three. Tied with us. Yeah. We're in the same. They got a lot to figure out. They they still got to get some of these new pieces acclimated and get Murray and Porter back. Back to their regular selves. Um, Jokic was fine. He wasn't great. Jamal actually had 21. So it wasn't terrible. Uh, the defense was bad. LeBron was cooking. AD was cooking. Lonnie Walker at 18. Westbrook actually had a good game off the bench. Um, I'm not too concerned about that loss. It's just one game. Um, the Lakers are still not a good team. Yeah, um, Lakers. I, I mean, they're trying to figure it out too. Just like you, just like you are, just like we are. They're all trying to figure it out. Darmanham got his first win, so they're acting like they got it together because Russ came off the bench. But he had like 34 minutes or something like that off the bench. So was it really a bench performance? Um, it's uh, it's going to be interesting for the NBA and the Lakers how that all is going to go down. Because there's always the rumors that are going to happen about whether or not this man's going to be traded. But they're trying to make it work, you know. They are trying to make it work. Can't blame them. Um, so I'm just going to get a little peek around the NBA here. Unless there's something you wanted to talk about, Colby, real fast. All right, so Colby went uh, zero dark thirty on us. Um, so I guess I'm just gonna take a peek here and look at the live scores because until Colby comes back, it's things that interest me. Oh my god! Sorry, I did not realize I was just talking oh. for like two minutes, but I accidentally hit the mute button. Oh, nice one, buddy. We're using simple communication today too. I was about to say, I was about to start talking about the Hornets game, man. Gosh, saved me there. <laughs> well, so I said first we got a couple. Uh, the Jazz and Spurs are both doing a horrible job of tanking so far. They're both five and two. Um, well, I don't think that will last. But uh, I wanted to do a positive take, though. Uh, the Cavs look excellent. They yeah. rolled against the Knicks. Mitchell is playing. Mitchell fits perfectly with their team. He was playing excellent. It, it's just. It's a good sign when it just you just step right in and it works. There's not really much of an adjustment period. Donovan Mitchell fits with these guys. He's exactly what they need in another score. They didn't even have Garland is I think has like an eye injury or something. He got like his eye hurt a couple games. So Garland hasn't even been playing. And they didn't even have uh or no, I guess they had everyone else, but they didn't have Garland last night, still beat the Knicks. Um, Mitchell's been going crazy. He's playing very well. Mobley is a monster on both ends. Levert has been pooping. He's a bucket getter. Kevin Love had like eight threes last night. Dean Wade is playing pretty well. Like everyone's just stepping up. 
the Cavs look like a very good team. I think they're they were in that my high ceiling, low floor category. They're looking like I think they'll probably have a top four seed in the East, and uh, maybe I'm overreacting, but I think the Cavs the Cavs look like a legit team. They look have looked really good so far with Mitchell. I mean, I wouldn't say you're overreacting. Let's let's take a look here why you could say that. Because right when you said that, I'm looking at these standings too right now. 76ers are 4-4. Four and four. What the H is going on over there, you know? Uh, and the Nets are... <laughs> the Nets are 1-5. The Nets are 1-5. So, uh, yeah, they are atrocious. I wouldn't be surprised if they did turn around. But the odds of them doing that are slim. This thing looks like a train wreck. Um, and it's weird that Katie is just so silent during it all, you know? So, I just, and right now my Bulls take, of course, it's early in the season, but the Bulls take is not looking too hot. The Heat, they're fine. I think the league has finally caught on to what the Heat is selling, you know? And I hope that's what's going on right now for the Heat, because I am tired of the same old thing from the Heat, where it's just good defense and no one really getting splashy behind the three. Maybe one guy goes off, you know, not, it's, I just want something else. I'm just ready for something else for the Heat. So if this is the season where I just don't hear anything because they're just trying to figure it out because they never did, um, that was what makes me hype. So Colby, just hearing that out, though, those are three teams last year that were like prominent forces in the East, you know, the, the Nets, the Heat, and the Sixers all stink the bed right now. Do you think any of those three guys will make it back up into the top four, like you were saying, to kick the Cavs uh, out? Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, not kick the Cavs out. I do think. I don't know about. Mm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Think, if you think, think about Philly, it, like I think Philly will. I, I think Philly will figure it out. And they'll both be in the playoffs. It's still very early. But to um, kick the Cavs out, no, to kick to and, the top four. Philly won one and four, and they're four and four now, so they've at least won three straight. Um. I I'm, I agree with you. I am very – I would be concerned about Miami just because they just don't have enough guys. I mean, they just don't have enough scores. Jimmy Butler has another year of age, and we all know how hard he plays. Um, great player. I obviously respect what the Heat have done, but they just do not have the ceiling of all these – even the Cavs have a higher ceiling now, which is wild to say because the Cavs score hasn't even been in the playoffs and the Heat have been in the finals within the last couple of years. But – I don't think anyone would just – you can't argue that the Cavs don't have more high-end talent than the Heat. They absolutely do. So does Milwaukee. So does Boston. So does Philly. And Atlanta has even looked good. So I'm with you on the Heat. I, I think they'll be in the playoffs. But, yeah, I think I had them in the, my window closed tier. I think I'm feeling good about that. I'll, I'll do another tier here in another month or so. Uh, or end of this month, maybe. End of November. See where we're standing. But – Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the Sixers, some, definitely some concerns, but I, I feel like they'll figure it out more so than some of these other teams. Um, so I'm not as worried about the Sixers. Yeah, the Nets, real quick, the Nets are just bad. And they also, they just look like they don't want to play together. Ben Simmons is just, his confidence is destroyed. He's not good anymore. Uh, we'll see if he can figure it out. KD doesn't want to be there, but he's trapped. And Kyrie is Kyrie. He's out here posting anti-Semitic hyping up anti-Semitic films, which is not great. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the Nets are, are a train wreck. They're, the Knicks are looking better right now at 3-3. Three and three. Um, I, I, I do want to talk about the Hawks a little bit if we can also. Yeah, that, I know we 
that they were, were fascinated by them. Uh, so they lost to Toronto today by 30. Yes. So they're 4-3, but they're doing pretty good. Young and Murray, at least, appear, at least offensively, appears to be working pretty well. I wasn't sure that that would be like a perfect fit, but because they are both kind of point guards. Uh, but it appears to be working pretty well. So the Hawks are off to a nice start. They paid DeAndre Hunter. I still just I look up and down this roster and I still just don't really know like what I'm gonna get from any of these guys other than Young and Murray over the course of like an eighty two game season. The Hawks, I just don't know. They could be top four in the East a month, two months from now, and I wouldn't be surprised. They could bottom out completely and I would not be surprised. So it's been so far so good. They got clapped tonight and uh I I'm still just fascinated by the Hawks, man. I just really don't know what to think. Yeah, Hawks are, I was just thinking the same thing. That's why I went a little silent, because they are in that four spot right now. Um, I definitely think they're in a better spot than the Knicks. I kind of do, I do trust them a lot more, and I still remember what Trey Young did to them. But what I thought to myself, the only reason why I was still silent on them is because I still don't know how I feel if I can put them above the Celtics and Buck, where the Celtics and Bucks and Cavs are, you know? Because, yeah, they're in that top four, but it's like... I don't know if they're going to hold that, you know, like that's something that, you know, it looks good right now. I hope it lasts long, but it also, it, it's concerning, you know, especially when you said that 30 point loss, that was, I mean, that should at least be an eye opener for them. So hopefully they bounce back from that because this, that's their third game. They're on a three game skid, two game skid right now. Sorry. They're on a two game skid. So, so are the Knicks. That's why I also said that because I'm not really concerned about both of them. But, um, same thing with the Bulls, too, though. Like, the Bulls to be coming out a little slow really stinks for me, in my opinion. Um, God, yeah, I was about to say, I kind of had a lot of hype going in for the Bulls, and it doesn't look like that's turning out too well. Pelicans, though, 4-2. and two. So, what are our thoughts on the Pelicans so far, Cole? Uh, yeah, I was going to say, I, was, I figured you might bring them up. They are excellent. They, the best thing about the Pelicans... Uh, and they did lose. Uh, well, they lost on Friday to Suns. They beat the Clips. Beat the Clips down yesterday. Yeah, Clips. They didn't have Ingram yesterday, and they destroyed the Clips. Who? Well, I guess the Clips didn't have Kawhi. That's a whole other thing. Kawhi still being hurt. Mm. But um, yeah, the, the the Pelicans are are very deep. They have done an excellent job with a lot of these with these draft picks. They've got all these picks and all these various trades and. Um, obviously Zion gets the attention, but they, uh, some of these other guys, uh, Murphy from UVA, he, he's really solid. Um, obviously Jose Alvarado is excellent defender off the bench. I mean, they haven't even had their full team. They still got McCollum. They got Marshall. Uh, they haven't even used, uh, um, Dyson Daniels, really, the kid they drafted this year. So the, the Pelicans, they are very deep. They have Legit high-end talent, three legitimate scoring options. As we said, Ingram, McCollum, and Zion are all lethal. And Zion's been great. He he looks hopefully as long as he can stay healthy, but he looks in shape. He's playing excellent. Um, the Pelicans are in a great spot, man. I would be very excited if I was a New Orleans fan. And they, they look like they have the potential to be one of the one of those higher seeds in the West. And the West is a gauntlet. There's so many good teams that you can say that about. But it's like the Pelicans look great right now. They have a lot of strengths. Yeah, the West is going to be a gauntlet because you, you can't really sleep on any of the teams on the bottom right now besides 
Um, well, here's the bottom teams right now that I'm like, you can't sleep on, which are the Mavs, the Warriors, and the Clippers. Mavs are three and three, Warriors three and four, Clippers are two and four. But like you said, Kawhi's doing that hurt thing again. So maybe that Clippers thing, maybe it's just time for them. Maybe, you know, Ty Lue, he's finally petered out. You know, like he's tried all he could, but this time if he can't get the guy right back on the court, he's like, you know what? F it. I'm done. No, <laughs> like, like we tried, man. This thing's just not come together. But um, kind of surprised to see the Mavs, you know, with the Christian Wood addition still struggle. Jason Kidd looks like he's trying to get make it look like a Luka centric offense, but it's not a it's not really looking too good for the Mavs. It's very wishy washy still. Yeah, the Mavs, um, they, they got some issues. Um, I, I think they'll still be fine because of Luka, but I do agree with you that it is concerning just because of how much depth the West has. Like, they just don't have a number two. Like, all the teams that are in the conversation with them as, like, top teams in the West all have far better number two options. You look at, well, the Clippers, whatever, Kawhi. Yeah. The Warriors have so many options. You don't even have to talk about them. But the Nuggets have Murray, MPGA. The Wolves have Ant, Cat, multiple legitimate all-star level players. The Grizzlies, even though Ja is pretty big, sizable one, Jared Jackson Jr. and Bain are both excellent players, um, both better than anyone else on the Mavs outside of Luka. And the Suns even, I mean, they have Booker, they have Chris Paul and Aiton, who, who are both nice pieces. So the Mavs just, they just, I love Luca, and I think he'll have them in the mix. But they just—they—I put them in the in the championship ceiling uh, category. I think the true contender category, and I still think they're in that mix. But it may have been a little optimistic, just because you really can't win without a number two star. And so you got to have—you got to have a better second option than the Mavs currently have. Yeah, I thought they would find that in Christian Wood, but it looks like that might not peter out as planned. Um. Here's a good one before I, for me to transition to. Jazz are beating the brakes off the Grizz right now, going into halftime. Um, you are wow. very low on the Jazz. I said the Jazz are going to be a fighting, a fight worthy team this Jazz season. Are very low on the Jazz. Danny Ainge is pretty low on the Jazz. Yeah, I was about to say Danny Ainge was also very low on his own squad, but uh, this squad's hooping right now, um, and they're giving the Grizz a run for their money, potentially giving them their second loss in a row. Um, but anyways, John Morant's still doing an amazing job. Like, I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit here and bash them on them too heavy. Like, it's still the Grizzlies. They're still, they still hooping like they are too. But how about them Jazz, Cole? Yeah, I mean, I really can't explain the Jazz. That, uh, I think it's going to fizzle out eventually. Or that, or they're going to, Danny Ainge will just trade more players. Oh, just keep pulling the trigger. <laughs> well, well, let me tell you, let me tell you right now. You look at, I like this team. Clarkson... And Conley are not going to finish the year on the Jazz. And they're bringing Sexton off the bench, actually, it looks like, which is interesting. Or maybe that's just the lineup they have in right now. Um, yeah, man, it's surprising. They, Like you said, they did get some good young pieces, rotational guys from the Wolves. Um, so that definitely has helped. Sexton's been good. Clarkson, all these guys have been good. Lowry Market is playing out of his mind. I don't know what happened. I've never seen that man play like this. I don't know if that can <laughs> not. Um, yeah, I mean, I give them credit and give their coach credit. They for a team that's supposed to be tanking, they've been on a roll. I, I right. don't think it can last, but I mean, who knows? All right, here's they, a good question for you, Colby. Right. Which of these three West teams 
uh, do you think will peter out first or felt like drop off first? Will it be okay. the Jazz, the Spurs, or the Trailblazers? Ooh, that's a good question. Those I'll are, say the Spurs. I'll say the Spurs. I just don't feel like the Spurs have a good roster. Even though they have been winning and Kelton Johnson is really nice. Like The rest of the Spurs team is just like, how are they winning games with these guys? Kelton has been excellent. Bates Diop playing well. But Jakob Portal, Romeo Langford, Tr- Trey Jones, that's their starting lineup. Is their starting lineup in their Fine. game when they won against the Wolves. Trey Jones, Romeo Langford, Keontae Bates Diop, Kelton Johnson, Jakob Pohl. Remember um, the names. Don McDermott, six man. Like, I'll say the Spurs just because their roster is legitimately terrible. The Jazz have better pieces than the Spurs. The Spurs are legitimately a horrible roster. I don't know how they're winning. Yeah, that, it, it, it really stung when I saw that, man. Like, I'm not going to lie. I didn't watch the game, sadly, but it did sting when I was like, really? Another loss to the Spurs? Is that they already beat us. I think they beat us once already. So that was the second time losing to them. It was... It's uh, it's, it's very surprising because, like, like you said, uh, it's one of those teams where you expect to win because they think that they're gonna they're not playing that hard, but those dudes are playing right now. Um... Maybe this is truly the pop revenge tour, Colby. We all we hopped off that tour. We hop off the tour bus when the Giante Murray got traded. But maybe we could. Hop, maybe we should get our tickets to get back on it, huh? No, I don't think so. But you can. I mean, I'm not getting back on yet. Give me another month or two. <laughs> Revisit that question. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll revisit I, uh, that. I'll revisit that take when uh, when we do our tiers list. How about that? We'll revisit some of these takes when we right. when we do our tiers <laughs> list at the end of the month. <laughs> our nice little weekly recap coming up to a close here, Colby. Um, here we go. Bucks one seed. Did we talk about them real quick? Besides the fact um, that they're just unstoppable. They, I mean, not unstoppable, but yeah, they look excellent. Um, they have more chemistry. They made some nice pickups. I think they have Joe Ingles now, which I like. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I said I thought the Bucks would have gone back to back. Chris Middleton didn't get hurt, so that, uh, there's no surprise there for me. They're they're the team to beat the East, in my eyes. Yeah, I was about to say they're really proving it out this year to be a slight revenge tour. Uh, maybe your guy Jokic is going to have a tougher year to compete for his MVP. It looks like, but uh, we'll see what's going on. You know, because it's going to be tough for him to get three in a row. <laughs> yeah, it's too easy, right? It's too easy. Uh, Colby, final thoughts. Oh, final thoughts. Uh, you know, there's so many, so many ways you could go with this, but I mean, I'll just I'll circle it back uh, to the NFL there, and I'll say. Um, Final thoughts is like it's it's a lot tougher to just uh, to just draft and hit a quarterback than, than we think. I mean, a lot of these <laughs> young quarterbacks around the league just are bad. Yeah, sometimes um, you just got to settle so, with a Kirk Cousins. And, and, and more than that, I think like the haves and the have-nots. It's a huge gap between the good quarterbacks and the bad, and and the rest of the league. And offense is maybe not as much of an offensive league as I would have thought. The defenses have been excellent this year, so. That's not something I, I really follow too much, but gotta gotta give props to, to the defenses out there. It's, it's been a it's been a lot uh, not a very high scoring season it feels. Yeah. Um Maybe you guys should be, everyone should, you know, everyone will be happier if they just had a Kirk Cousins, you know. 
Imagine that, you know. A lot of teams, maybe not everyone, but a lot of teams, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> final thoughts. Right now, the Phillies game is postponed. Series tied 1-1. Wow. Um, it has been a journey. We hyped them up in the beginning of the playoff run. It's time for us to give them one last rally cry. So, uh, Philly, keep on fighting, man. We're rooting for you here. So, uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Go Phils. Thank you for listening to the CJJC Show. If you want more content, follow us on Instagram, where we post weekly pickums and other social media whenever that happens. Also, keep a lookout for our pickums list so you can join in on the takes and all the fun. Peace out.